Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Let Your Life Be Your Sermon podcast. I am Vanetta L. West. Uh, It is my privilege to continue to share with you messages that God gives to me to help move us forward in being a message for Christ and being the body of Christ, being the church, uh, capturing his heart and demonstrating his heart to the world. Uh, That's what's important. That's what matters. Venturing today into a a topic that's somewhat difficult, um, but we're going to venture in anyway because it's critical. God continues to show me in in this hour, in this season and period uh, that we learn the leadership style of Christ, that we learn how Christ loved, how he continues to love us because he's not past tense, that we learn how he lived and that we look at his example so that we can duplicate it. That's all the body of Christ is supposed to be doing, looking at what Christ did in Jesus as the body of Christ and and duplicating and doing that same thing. And in fact, Christ, when he ascended, he said, and greater works shall you do greater works than I did. Shall you do not meaning uh, more powerful, but more, more works because we're the body and we're multiplied and we're expanding and we're all over the world. And so our focus should be duplicating Christ, his heart, his passion, his love for people, his service, his healing, his miracles, how he showed up in destitute situations and demonstrated a way that was different, that required faith, that required perseverance. The church should be duplicating and demonstrating what Christ did. And we can do it more because it's more of us. We're many members, one body. So today we're talking about um, the difference between leadership and manipulation, taking a look at the life of Christ and his leadership and seeing um, the difference between Christ-centered leadership and manipulation. This is important for the body Because sometimes when we're all focused, when we're not centered on Christ, we can move into things that are unhealthy, emotions that are unhealthy, relationships that are unhealthy, and find ourselves in some dangerous situations. It doesn't mean evil. You know, it doesn't mean people are damned. It just means we need to get back on track, get back on course so that we can be the body that Christ has designed and fit and fashioned us to be that body that building not made by human hands of which Christ is the chief cornerstone. So that's what we're talking about today. The difference between leadership and manipulation. The first difference is, and you can see this in the life and the leadership of Christ. Leadership is love centered. Meaning it's, it's, it's in the body of Christ is Christ centered. Leadership is love centered. Manipulation is lust centered. Leadership says uh, there's a destination that we all need to get to. And each one of us brings something to the table and it's love centered in the sense that it's not trying to downplay who anybody is and it's welcoming and embracing and full of compassion and agape love, unconditional love, meaning whoever's coming to this table, whoever says they want to be a part and they believe in Christ, we're here together. How do we move forward? And but how can I also demonstrate to you that Christ has expectations? Because sometimes, you know, we're in the grace of God, 
But grace is an expectant place. Grace has expectation. So God welcomes us no matter who we are, but he believes and he knows that if we spend time in his power and in relationship with him, we can be changed and transformed. So that place of grace is an expectant place. I'm not going to remain who I am. I'm going to change. I'm going to grow. I'm going to move to higher dimensions, higher thinking, deeper love in Christ. And so leadership is love centered in that it's not about one person winning, one person getting, one person being at the forefront. It's love centered in that this collective has this work to be done for Christ. And each of us is valued by God and needs to be treated as though we're valued by God. You know, the adverse of that is manipulation. Manipulation says there's something that has to win. Um, And so there's a lust in a person or in people to win, to be number one, to be on top. Leadership in Christ says Christ has already overcome the world. So I'm rooted and grounded in that. I love Christ. And if I seek first the kingdom of God and I seek God first, all this other stuff will be added. This stuff that manipulation lusts for and goes after. So the recognition, the numbers, that's why God told David, don't count the people because I'm with you. And if you count the people, you're going to move into this place of manipulation because you're going to try to move the people, position the people and do different things that will hurt the people in order to win because you don't realize how I've already positioned you to win. So manipulation has this lust factor. It's centered in this lust to get there, to be on top. And you can feel that lust. You can hear it in the conversation when we start to talk about what church are you with? How many members do you have? How important is your pastor? You know, who are you aligned with? What is your fellowship? Because in that, you start to try to figure out who I need to connect to in order to win instead of letting God move you into some relationships that reflect being centered in love and leading for Christ. So manipulation has that lust factor. It's all about the win. How do I attain it? How can I get more money, more members, more things, more people on my side? Um, How can I build my brand? Leadership in Christ says, My brand is Christ. My brand is love. I'm going to push that. I'm going to put that all out there because this is what the body of Christ should be doing. So that's the first thing. Leadership. We see that with Christ is love center. He tells us that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, not for God so wanted to build numbers, for God so wanted to um, establish something that would just continue to magnify and magnify and magnify him. That's how we make God seem, you know, that God can't show up unless there's a million people. And this is Christ. If you get two or three, scripture says, I'm there in the midst and he'll show up for one person because he's all about love. This leadership is love center. Manipulation is lust centered. I got something in me that's burning. Might not have anything to do with Christ. I might get together in his name and never mention him because it's all about what I have to go after in my mind, what I believe we need to be successful, what I believe will elevate me uh, because I no longer see this love centered leadership that what Christ says, he'll make my name great. If I just go after him, I'm over here and I'm lusting after and I'm, I'm yearning after a position. I think I lost people I think should be on my side. And so I forget 
to be the leader that God ordained for me to be, that he sent me to be. I forget to be the message. That's the first thing. You know, the second thing is Christ-centered leadership, it focuses on serving others. He says this in Matthew 20. He says, you know what? I didn't even come. This is Jesus. I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve. Whereas manipulation focuses on being served. Manipulation tries to surround itself with people, um, with, with entities, with programs that will elevate. Whoever's doing that manipulation, they want to be elevated. So they'll surround themselves with people and they'll manipulate even scripture to get people to believe that more and more people should be serving them, should be serving. And this is the language, their vision versus leadership which says, I didn't even come for that. I came to serve. And so leadership in Christ will pour itself out and pour itself out and go back to be filled by God and pour itself out. Leadership in Christ will align itself with people um, who need that leadership, who that leadership can serve, who that leadership can pour into. And yeah, there's reciprocity. I mean, we know that's healthy. For you to serve people and there to be some reciprocity where people build connections and then you start to pour into each other. Scripture says iron sharpens iron. So there's the relational connection, but it's love centered. It's not what can I get from you to advance what's in me. It is I'm just going to love on you because that's the way of Christ. When Christ went and said, follow me, he didn't force people to follow him. He had this demonstration where he was serving people. Check scripture out. Check out the Gospels. Check out how he was going from place to place. He was praying for people. He was meeting needs. He was speaking into people to the extent that their hearts burned within them. That when he found disciples in a quandary, in a place where they needed something, he said, you know what? Cast your net on the other side where he could demonstrate to them things that showed how he loved them and cared for them. And people just started to follow him. And he grew what he was doing. It grew because it was love centered. Manipulation is going to make it grow. Manipulation is going to make it grow by hook or crook. It's going to find a way to take a scripture, to flip it, to turn it so that people will be drawn, that it can attract people. It's going to try a show. It's going to try everything. uh, And it gets tired. You know, manipulation makes people tired. Because you got to put all this work in it. It's like a chess game. And leadership is not that type of chess game where you take inanimate objects and move them where you think they need to be in order for you to win. No, that's not leadership. That's manipulation. Leadership says, if I continue to follow Christ and I do what he calls me to do, he's going to send me people and we're going to help each other grow. And I may be the pastor or I may be a leader in some other title or designation, but it's going to be all about this love and how we can help turn the world right side up for Christ. Not how just my thing can grow, but how we can turn the church into what it's supposed to be globally feeding the hungry, helping those who are poor, talking about the righteousness of Christ, showing up and demonstrating Christ. That's leadership. That's serving. Manipulation wants to be served. So in order to fulfill that lust that's in that that person, that title, that position, or that body, that group of people, then it says manipulation. 
I got to fulfill this thing that's in me because I think I'm supposed to be this. And so I'm going to manipulate to make it happen. And we got to get back to this Christ-centered, love-centered leadership. This is the third thing and potentially one of the things that we see, you know, often. Leadership in its greatness and its love and its Christ-centeredness. And I'm talking about how leadership applies within the body, uh, within within people who want to truly be honorable um, and do things that are full of grace and full of mercy, full of truth, that are love-centered. Leadership honors people. Manipulation, on the other hand, tries to own people. And I just want to close by talking about, and maybe we'll need to do a part two of this, the difference between honor and ownership. Honor is... I want to notice and recognize what Dr. King called a spark of divinity in each person. And and that's not relative to title or position or how important people have conditioned me to think you are. You know, we got these hierarchies and people are important on levels. No, no, no. In, In the body, you know, there's an understanding of position. There's an understanding of things that people are called to do you know what we call the five-fold ministry gifts but those gifts the apostle the prophet the pastor the teacher the evangelist those even those five are a reflection of Christ and they are called not to be served but to serve and they are called to honor Christ and to honor the people and they are called to bring and pull out of people the greatness that Christ has put in them. They are called to love the people so passionately and to the extent that there's an awakening in the body that people are saying, I can see where God has called me and how he's positioned me and I've been trained. Now let me go demonstrate what these fivefold gifts have demonstrated to me. The same way they honor me, I'm going to go honor people and I'm going to understand what people are called to do. I understand this is my pastor. This is an apostle and I'm going to honor the gifts that are in them, but I'm not going to count them as more important than the janitor or the receptionist or, you know, the teacher. I understand honor for God means he loves the world. So how can I love the world? How can I honor each person that he placed on this earth that has a spark of divinity in them? Manipulation says, I want to own people. I want to possess people. This is my church. These my people. This is my flock. This is where I belong. We are members here. This is what we do. Uh, and it creates a culture and a dynamic where it's hard to penetrate and start to talk to people about just love and allegiance to Christ and loving and being kind and being honorable to people, period. Because what manipulation does is, in order to get what I have a lust for, in order to get to that place where I believe people are supposed to serve me, my vision and my interests, manipulation says, how can I own people? How can I possess them so that they can't go anywhere else or think on their own enough? To be able to say, hey, I'm caught up in something. How do I get out of this and go back to honoring Christ and honoring people? Because if you own people, if you possess people, if that's your belief, 
then you start to control and manipulate and navigate and maneuver so that they can do those things which cause you to win. So your church can be number one. So your name can be in lights. And so we can do those things that honor us and bring a mention and attention to our names. That's just not a pastor. That's just not an apostle. That's just not a bishop. This is something we can do in our everyday lives when we go to work. Check your style. See if you're manipulating people to get higher, to get what you want. If you're trying to own people and have people who are on your side, if when you've been talking to people, you get mad when they talk to other people because you feel a sense of ownership that they're there to help you advance and help you do what you're called to do, to fulfill whatever you believe has been put in you. And you don't see anymore. You might not see anymore. We sometimes lose sight of how Christ is going to build us and grow us. If we give, he says, he'll ensure that people give back to us, pressed down, shaking together, running over. I don't have to manipulate people's giving and try to own their money and their finances and their families and own their thinking and own their beliefs in order for them to help me advance. Because I got this this thing now where I I was in this place of lust and said, now now I have these different things I've spent money on and I got to own people so they'll help me pay this stuff off. Versus honor, which says I honor who all of you are. You know what? We're all in this thing together and we're all growing together. And God has formed us together and put us together for his purpose. How can we love each other and grow together with Christ as Lord? How can we put the attention back on him? And when will we come back and honor him in our teaching and start to just talk about, hey, let's look at how Christ did that when he met the woman at the well. And what was his response? Let's look at how Christ responded when when the people, quote unquote, caught this woman in adultery. Um, What was his justice? You know, let's take a look at some of these other situations where Christ showed up when people were hungry, when people were sick and he came to the pool of Bethesda. How did he respond to the people he found there sick? You know, how how will we show up? How do we honor Christ? How do we honor each other versus trying to own what belongs to God and also own what belongs to people, other people? How can we get out of that manipulation which says, I got this thing I'm lusting after. I want to be served and and I want to own stuff in order to fulfill and get to what I'm lusting after and what I believe I should have. And I fashion in my mind that this is what Christ said. And I found some scripture to go along with it. And I'm going to manipulate the text. I'm going to manipulate the people. And I'm going to manipulate situations in order to get to it. And I'm going to manipulate money. And this leadership is over here. It's Christ-centered. Man, it's whirling. And if we ever jump in that and move into that and just start to say, I'm going to honor Christ. And I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I know in relationships, we're going to start serving each other and loving each other. It's going to be authentic, man. We're going to build something that's not about a, a bricks and mortar. We're going to build something for Christ. And we're going to go out there and the world is going to be shifted and changed. You know why? Because we're rooted in love, not in lust. We're here to serve, not to be served. And we're not trying to own people and come in and corrupt their destinies and their minds to get something we think we should achieve that God might not even be paying attention to. We're not trying to own people. We're in an honoring space. So we're honoring. We're love-centered. We're serving. We're under the banner of Christ and his banner is righteousness. 
and we're doing things that honor God. Those are three ways that leadership is distinctly different from manipulation. If we pay attention, not just in how we come to church where we're quote unquote members, but in our families, in our homes, in our in our schools, our workplaces, in our communities, just in our relationships, looking at are we trying to be leaders or manipulators? Are we trying to be leaders or manipulators?